Yes, y'all, it's your boy Kenny Black, a.k.a. K. Black the Monster, and I'm in here with my main man. DJ Nightmare, you know what it is. Yes, and you are now listening to the best room in the house, the black room, baby. It's another day, another dollar, and of course, we got another guest in the building. Mm-hmm. Beautiful young lady by the name of Sydney Rain. Sydney Rain. Sydney Rain. Like Sid- Cindy. 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 I'm so right. I'm so right. bad with names. I always do that. I sincerely apologize. Okay. Cindy Rain. Cindy Rain, that's an interesting name. Is that an actual last name or is that one of those creative artists last names? It's a creative artist last name. But it's based on my real middle name. My real middle name is Lorraine. Oh, okay. So it, it's not out the blue. <laughs> that's not that's a dope name though. I always I'm always interested in um artist names and I think Cindy Rain has a nice Nice little flow to it. Thank you. Sounds real R&B, which R&B that's, singers. That's what I do. Yeah. Great, great. So, all right, so let's start off. Where are you from? I'm from Brooklyn. From Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn in the house. We used to have a radio show out in Brooklyn, so shout out to Brooklyn. Yeah. All right, so how, how long have you been singing for? I've been singing forever. Some of my earliest memories are me, like, singing around the house to, like, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, whatever my parents were playing. I was mm. always singing. Okay. Was it, like... Um, were you in church singing or was it just for fun? You just... All of the above. So I would sing around the house for fun and mm-hmm. then I sang in school, I sang at church, I was just singing everywhere. Okay. <laughs> you... All right, so then if you've been doing this whole time, when did you decide, I'm going to do this seriously, like I'm going to make this my career too? When I was 12, mm-hmm. I sang at um, a middle school talent show and around that time, like, I was very insecure. Kids would make fun of me. Why? <laughs> I'm sorry. I have you. Don't bring up past traumas and everything. <laughs> Listen, she's an R&B singer. All her songs is about past trauma. That's the I mean, that, that is true. See? So, <laughs> so, you know, middle school is when everyone goes through that awkward phase. So, mm-hmm. you know, they told me I was ugly. Mm-hmm. Don't you hate that when they tell you you look something back then, you feel bad, uh-huh. and you get older, and you're and like, I wish I was that now. <laughs> or now they be hitting you up in your DMs now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. DMs is lit. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, you know, they, they told me I was ugly. And so my, um, part of my background, like my family's from Trinidad, my okay. uh, mm-hmm. great-grandfather's from Venezuelan, and a oh, lot of, like, black Latinos, Latinas, tend to be on the hairy side. So I had a little mustache. I had my little peach fuzz. And, you know, I would hear about it all the time. Oh, I remember man. there was one day where this kid was like, you have a mustache and a beard. Oh, my God, damn. Cindy. Yeah, oh, I got it. Damn. It, was, it was rough. They just lighting that ass up. Oh, they are. Middle school is rough. I yeah. teach middle school. They don't, they just. No filter. Not at all. They don't even know what a filter is. I just. <laughs> It's wow. Okay, so then, um, yeah, so so middle school is when you decided I'm a really... Yeah, so I did this talent show, and I sang Everything by Mary J. Blige, and She my... picked the most drama-filled. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, if there's anybody I'm going to feel I mean, better singing she is... She did say trauma, so... That's no, a... but, but Everything is a love song. It's a love song. So, um, so I actually got, like, positive accolades from mm-hmm. my classmates, and I was like, oh... People like me when I sing. I think I need to make a career out of this. And that's really where it started. That's funny. Okay, that's that's an interesting uh, start. As never, of all the people I've interviewed, it's always like, you know, just some passion, some love. It was never to for attention. And that's a, that's an interesting spin on it. I don't think anything's wrong with it. I just think that's a, that's a, that's a new spin. It's, it, that's had to shift, though, because okay. I've realized that, you know, the more public you are, mm-hmm. the more open you are to criticism and mm-hmm. praise. 
So if I'm doing it for retention, then there's no guarantee that it's always going to be positive attention. I've had to, you know, sit with that and, and reconcile that for a while. And, okay. and now it's to the point where it's no longer for attention. It's just for the love of it. Okay, dope. So then with that, do you think that affected um the type of songs you make, the type of music? Like, were you making music for you or are you making music for attention? Oh, I'm definitely making music for me. And uh-huh. it's to the point where, you know, sometimes I listen to my music in the context of what else is out there. And I'm mm. like, where does this fit? Because this doesn't mm. sound like anything. Um, but, you know, I've had to just, again, really sit with, this is for me. This is the musical expression of like all of my musical experiences, and mm. this is this is me. Take it or leave it. Dope. Mm. Okay. So then, um, what was I gonna say? Is this music for you? But do you? What do you? How would you describe your sound? Because you say you don't know where it fits in. So my sound, it's a combination of R and B. So it's got some classical influences. It's got some jazz influences. It's got some Caribbean influences. It it's and it even has some musical theater influences. So mm. a lot of times when people hear my music, they'll say that it sounds like Broadway. It sounds like it sh- it could be you know mm. in a in a on a stage somewhere. Um, and I think all of those things are true. Okay, that's dope. Uh, well, who are some of the people that influence you as you make trying to find your sound? So you know, around this middle school time, I um. I just wanted to be Lauren Hill when I grew up. <laughs> I think a lot choice. of girls wanted choice, to be Lauren Hill, or felt like they were Lauren Hill, or at least in that story. And it's okay. So Lauren Hill was. Yes, Lauren Hill was a big influence. Uh, Jill Scott. Freaky mm. um, yeah, Jill. Yeah, all the Freaky <laughs> Jill. Freaky Jill. Um, uh, and then, like, going further back, I listened to a lot of Whitney and Mariah. Um, but yeah, if I had to name the the oh, one that was the biggest influence, it would definitely be Lauren. Did you have any gospel influences? You said you did some in the church. Um. Hmm. Well, no straight. <laughs> <laughs> no, just not not as much. Um, I did sing gospel in the church, but what I was listening to outside was mostly R and B. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well. Let me not even be that guy. I'm not. Church. I don't even do church like that. But I know that's what that's the sound you was getting when you. So I. Right, so you. A lot of drama. Uh, Mary J. Blige, Lauren Hill, Whitney Houston. That's a lot of women that then been through some things. Been through some things. Do you think? So do you think those are women that you um related to more uh, growing up through music? Um. I was too young to really understand what they were singing mm-hmm. about and be able to like really relate to them on a personal level. Um, we thought we did though. Back in the day, yeah. listening to some of those songs, you would have thought you I know, right? you knew how to break up. You thought you knew. <laughs> you tell me any little breakup you had, everybody was singing. Oh, I'm not gonna. Cry. You know, you're right. That was your song. Had your sunglasses on. <laughs> For no reason. You're like, all he did was not give me no more cookies. I don't even know why I'm even crying like this. I ain't even like him anyway. But, okay, that's um, that's dope. So who are some of the people that um, you would say inspire you now? Hmm. I'm finding that I am deviating from a lot of what's current, and I'm just mm-hmm. going back into, like, classical rap <laughs> and 
jazz rap. I'm like Nat King Cole is heavy on my iTunes right now. Mm. Um, and Sade is coming up very mm. strong for me right now. And and like part of the reason for that is like I'm I'm finally coming to terms with the fact that you know I'm I'm not Fantasia <laughs> I'm not Jennifer Hudson I don't have this huge voice, and I'm coming to terms with the fact that like my voice is lighter and that's mm. okay so I'm listening to singers with lighter voices, and just right. like just getting very very comfortable with that sound and embracing it. Okay, I get the feeling that you wanted to have that kind yeah, of Yeah, growing voices. up in a church, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, like, you know, it's like, yeah, louder, yeah. louder, louder. It's not loud enough. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm. this is as loud as I can get. I don't know what else you want from me. <laughs> I ain't got no more. It's, that's it. I hit the max already. That's You asking for a lot. Okay, so were you ever, I know with the church, it kind of happened through church, but were you ever, like, actually folk vocally trained at some point? or, or Yes. You just so I, um... My my bachelor's degree is in voice and piano. So I studied oh, classical voice. Yeah, I went to okay. school for it. And then, um, so that training was classical training. And then when I graduated, I realized that I couldn't really apply that to the kind of music I wanted to sing. Mm. And I was taught in, in college, you know, if you can sing classical, you can sing anything. But mm. that's not true. I've heard that. Um, it's <laughs> like telling a, a ballet dancer that they can automatically dance hip hop. Because they've been trained. Like, no, you've been yeah, trained to yeah. use different muscles. It's very, very different. Yeah, so um, within the past five years, I did a, a special training called somatic voice work training. And that allowed me to, like, have actual technique to sing R&B and gospel and, you know, the, the styles that I, <laughs> the styles that my own music was based on. Okay. So what does that training consist of? Like, you just got to drink a lot of tea or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. The training is basically a series of vocal exercises to kind of rebalance your voice um, and, like, to strengthen different parts of your voice. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm laughing because every time I, I do a podcast interview, I end up doing, like, a mini demonstration, like hey, a little I mean, voice lesson thing to explain how this thing works. Y'all want hey, the demonstration? Sure, why not? <laughs> Sitting in the studio, you might as well make it happen. (laughs) So, in the bottom of your range, you've got chest voice. It's more speech based. It sounds like ah. On the top, you've got head voice. It's lighter. It's airy and fluffy. It kind of sounds like. And in the middle of those two, you've got a break. So your voice wants to do ah. And a big part of vocal training is learning how to get rid of that break. Mm. So mm. with the classical training, it's all about bringing head voice down. So mm. they'll go, ah, which is beautiful if you're doing opera, if you're doing old school musical theater. It doesn't mm. really help you very much if you're doing gospel <laughs> or R&B. Mm. Uh, like the sound just isn't strong enough. Mm. So... The training is to be able to bring chest voice higher without screaming. Because a lot of people just scream. Um, And with the exercises to balance those different parts of the voice and going back and forth between head voice and chest voice, eventually what you land on is... "Ah." 
so it's on the louder side, up and down, but I'm not pushing, I'm not screaming, mm. and it's loud enough. Wow, that was... You're trying to... I thought about it trying it just now and I was like, I'm gonna pop a lung. I'm not even going. <laughs> no, not right now, not right now. But that was dope though. I, I've never heard someone like explain it in yeah. that way. Like I've actually taken a vocal class once on vocal class in college mm-hmm. and you sang too? I wanted to until puberty was like, nah. But I was like, I'm gonna try, one day I'm going to come back. But it also does help for like any time, any kind of public speaking, or even when I used to rap, like it just yeah, voice, um, breathing control. Mm-hmm. So understanding that. But I never heard it break down and explaining the difference between like opera going from top down. And yeah. That, so that was a, oh yeah, it was an interesting spin on it. So all right, so let's talk about um some of the music you have coming. I know you have a single and an EP. Yes, so e- the single and the EP is out. Um, the single is Irresistible Me. The EP is called The Mask. Okay. That's, um, we got to break that down. So first of all, why is the EP called The Mask? The EP is called The Mask because I realized that the person I was presenting to the public wasn't real. Mm. Uh, my So my business coach asked me to do a, a branding exercise. She asked me to have my community describe me in three words. And most of the words that I got back were happy and sunny and cheerful. And when I listened to the music I was writing, most of it was in minor keys. It was like the, the it was the drama music. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, if I was to take this feedback from people, you would expect to see a brand that was like super bright with like yellows and pinks and pocket full of sunshine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, that's not who I am. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what is this disconnect here? And I realized that I was like putting on this happy, sunny demeanor because I didn't want people to see that I was hurting on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, that's the story behind the title track, The Mask. And then when I looked at all of the different songs on the EP, like that just seemed to be the common thread. There was always this element of like trying to keep it together. Um, and so when I, when I wrote the songs, I thought that I was being completely vulnerable and open and honest. And the original mm-hmm. title of the EP was Unmasked. But then when I started, when I went back and I looked at it, I was like, no, <laughs> it's not fully vulnerable. It's getting there and it's mm-hmm. acknowledging that there's a mask. So maybe the next, <laughs> maybe the next album will be like, you know, what's really underneath the surface. Yeah, but I think that'd is, be a dope, con- yeah. like the mask and then unmasked. Uh-huh. That'd be a cool little uh, series. Like that like, yeah. That's okay. So there's some thought. So then. All right, so tell us a little bit about Irresistible Me. What's the concept, uh, the idea behind that song? <laughs> okay, so Irresistible Me um, came from, uh, it came out of a situationship where I was, like, dealing with this guy mm. for, like, six months, and... Did you know it was a situationship when you were in it? No. Yeah, how I feel, that's usually the trend when you ask mm-hmm. girls. They yeah. in it, and then after the fact, it's like, oh, you didn't actually say, and then we didn't actually go. <laughs> Got yeah. it, all right. Hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> When and and then it, I feel like uh, sometimes women have to go through that a couple times to realize that mixed signals mean no. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because unless you have been taught that mixed signals mean no, like you are, you're always looking for hope. It's like, well, we talk every day, so there must be hope. He must like me on some level, right? I.e., she ain't got enough brothers. <laughs> 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 you could be like, no, stop, 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 following him around. He's not. Mm-mm. If he was, he would have been. He's like, no. no. And yeah. then you go play basketball or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exactly. 
So I was in the situation ship and I and like I mean th- there there were signs. Like he he told me. He was like, "Yeah, I'm not really ready for a relationship right now." And I was like, "Okay, that's fine." My dumb behind was like, "Oh, well, I'll just be his friend until he's ready." Mm. <laughs> Except yeah. you're still fucking, so it's not really there's no real need to change. It's like, "You sure?" I'm like, "I am." Exactly. So, you know, I I I just kept, you know, Trying to figure out what was wrong with me and why, you know, he didn't want to lock me down and what was going on. Mm. And it must have been, it was like six months after that we finally ended up having a serious conversation about it. And he told me all of the things that he didn't like about me. And I was like, mm. oh, those are all things that I actually really like about myself. I'm mm. fine. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> you need to go. Um, <laughs> but... It was in that process of like trying to prove to myself that I was good enough. Mm. That that's where that song came from. So it didn't really come from a confident place. It came from me trying to convince myself that I was confident. Mm. How do you think? Because interesting, you just said about um, he told you what he didn't like. And that's what you did like about yourself. What do you think kept you from like not falling victim to like, damn, if he doesn't like this, maybe I should change these things. But you actually stuck to yourself. Like, what do you think it was that kept you? falling victim to that um i just really didn't like those things about myself <laughs> so like one of the things was uh my my youthful personality he said that like i acted childish <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i'm like okay i'm i work with kids mm. like at that time i was teaching high school okay i have a uh, younger sisters my youngest sister is 12 and a half years younger than me like, I'm just around young people. I, I look a good 10 years younger than I am. Like, there's that nothing that's going to stop. Crack. Exactly. <laughs> there's nothing that's going to stop me from acting youthful and being youthful. And if you don't like that, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, and then, like, another thing that was an issue was, um, so he's very, very deep into the church. And this is when I started questioning things. And, and um. like, I started seeing beyond what I was taught. I, I started mm. asking too many questions. <laughs> It always seems to happen with church. You can always ask too many questions. How was that? All right. Yeah. So, you know, he had issues with my theology. And I was just like, I don't have issues with my theology. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I'm not going to change, like, my fundamental beliefs and how I move through the world just because you don't like it. It's just not a good fit. And that's okay. What was frustrating, though, was... It taking six months for us <laughs> to get to this point. Like, yeah. if, if these things were an issue, all you had to do was just say these things are an issue. Where, what do you think, actually, what was it that sparked that actual conversation that you guys used to have? Oh, I don't remember. Um, this was a long time ago. This was, like, 2012, 2013. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. Because <laughs> I was wondering, because, like, you said it took six months. I'm, like, always curious. Like, what's that moment where you realize... Yeah, this ain't going to work, and it's time for me. I probably just started asking too many questions. <laughs> like, you got to make a song called Too Many Questions. Oh, that, that song already exists. That's where it ends. That's another oh, wow. song on the EP. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> So there are two songs on the EP about this situationship. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. This must have been a lot. This is this is oh. this is that one. You know, this that one relationship <laughs> that leads to all. The, no matter what it is you're doing creatively, either you rapping, singing, drawing, dancing, it's like mm-hmm. this was that one breakup that you was yeah, just yeah, like, yes, this was the make or the break you. That one. Um, do you feel like with music, um, 
being that you've gone through situations like that, um, therapeutic for you? Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Okay. And I remember you saying that the music you did and the person you were showing wasn't the same. Do you feel like, like Eminem, right? If you listen to Eminem, he raps about doing crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. But his philosophy is, I rap, I said it, it keeps me from actually doing it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So do you feel like you can put those negative things in the music that allow you to have that bubbly personality that you, that he didn't like? (laughs) Um... I, I wouldn't I wouldn't make that connection. So mm-hmm. I would say that when I'm writing, I'm writing from who I really am and from how I really feel and okay. who I am in the real world, that is starting to shift now. So I'm starting to be more open and more honest and more just raw. Um, because before it was just repressed. Mm-hmm. Um and and there are again like I had I've just started to scratch the surface with my music. It's mm-hmm. going to get a lot more open. It's going to get a lot more raw. Okay, mm-hmm. dope. All right, so this is a segment in the show where we call them "What the Fuck" questions. It's just random stuff okay. mm-hmm. that probably make you go, "What the fuck?" So, Uh-oh. um, <laughs> so this is one we've asked recently. Um, I seen a situation. If how would you handle if uh, one of your friends, like your friend, is dating someone and mm-hmm. they're trying to like they have a boyfriend. And he's trying to talk to you. How would I handle that? Well, I would tell him to get out my face, and then I would tell my friend. Like, you would well, but I would, I would say screenshots. I would have receipts. <laughs> keep the receipts. She said, keep the receipts. Keep I'm screenshotting Snapchat, Instagram, everything. Yep. Okay, I was wondering because in that situation, I always wondered like, do you tell the friend or not? Like, because some people don't want to hear stuff like that. You know, those yeah. people that get really into their it's relationship. Like in denial or something like that. But that's why she got the receipts though. Yeah, I think it, it's kind of hard to have those conversations without receipts because sometimes mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, how do I know to trust you? You're just trying to break up my relationship. But then mm-hmm. again, my friends, like, we are very, very close. Okay. And by now, they trust me that if I come to them with something like that, mm-hmm. like, they know that I'm looking out for their best interest. Okay. Dope. So then, since you got such close friends, I have another question. Uh-oh. What? <laughs> How do you handle if you find out uh, one of your friends, boyfriend or whatever, is sleeping with another one of your friends? Ooh, I don't see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get down like that in my circles. I can't like I can't even. Okay, what yeah. if the two, what if these two friends that they're friends of you, but they don't know each other? Ooh. <laughs> 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 like, what do you do with that? Yikes. <laughs> I, what do I do with that? Um, well, first, I would talk to the friend who was sleeping with somebody else's boyfriend and just be like, yo, get your fucking life together. Chat <laughs> <laughs> wall coming out. I guess. That's, <laughs> all right. I was wondering that. that and I see. would give her a chance to clean that up first. Before you do yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, you out here. Takashi six nine and on people? Damn, that's messed up. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right, so all right, this other question. I thought I was gonna retire it last year, but it's just such a fun question yeah. to ask, so I can't. Uh, two guys, one girl. Is that considered a threesome? Two guys, one girl. Is that a threesome? Yeah. Okay. This what is else this would it time. be? Just three people. That's, that's a train. That's a train. That's a game thing. That's um, I don't know if that's teamwork, but that's something. <laughs> <laughs> that's teamwork. That's funny. 
Okay. That's that's oh, so you just go on by the the, the technical it being three people. All right. Some people like to, you know, some double stuff. Anyway, um <laughs> so then I guess <laughs> Oreos. Um so <laughs> So then I guess the other way around, two girls, one guy, that's the threesome for you as well. Yeah. Okay, she's like, that's just simple math. I don't understand what the Well, we got to make it complicated. <laughs> nah, that, it's, that's a, two guys is a train. I'm sorry. Yes, man. Some people like their Oreos double stuff. Just, you can't judge people. Let people live. I'm not, not judging, though. If you like trains, you know, <laughs> MTA. Right, some people have to be from New York. It happens. <laughs> um, speaking of situations, have you ever um, put someone in a situationship? Where, like, you just, like, not to say led them on, but you weren't 100% like trying or, to date them. Or but. even friend zone. Oh, yeah, friend zone. Of course, you friend zone. Girls always have somebody in the friend zone. I don't think I know any female that ain't put one guy in the friend zone at some point in time in their life. That's like the twilight zone. You don't want to be there. Don't. But but here's the interesting thing. Like I actually let this guy out of the friend zone once. Oh, you opened the latch. What? I did. How did rare. he do that? That's rare. <laughs> we, we need to take notes. How you let him? I need to share this with the master. Listen, this is for y'all. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> um, at one like point, Indiana Jones. <laughs> no, at one point we were like gym buddies, and we we like hung out at his place after going to the gym, and he kissed me, and I was like, oh. I didn't know there was chemistry before, but there's chemistry now. So I don't know if that counts, because you got the word. You all working out. You yeah. all muscular. Everybody you in the house all sweaty. Everybody <laughs> hot bothered. This was going, man, this sound like a good or a bad porno. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was in the friend zone for years. Um, were y'all always gym buddies the, the whole time? No, we was So, so at some point in time, that's it, fellas. Go to the gym. Take him to the gym. Take him to the gym. That's how you get him out. No, but you have to you have to kiss them, and there has to be. Uh, yeah, you start. That's the build up. Uh, you start at the gym, get all chemistry. hot, sweaty. That's how you build the chemistry. It's the gym, right? You, she get she feeling herself because you know she getting her body right, and then she's seeing you get your body right. Then you take her back to the camp and you kiss her. That's. But there has to be chemistry. If there's no chemistry, they could backfire. The gym is the chemistry. Like, yeah, that's how you make it happen. That's how you do it. You gotta wait. You gotta wait until you build to a certain <laughs> point. You can't be in there. You know what I'm saying? Stomach all out. You got the <laughs> you got the keg, not the six pack. You know what I'm saying? Do ten push ups and then you're like, all right, we here now? Like, no, you gotta wait <laughs> till the six pack tighten up and then you, you know, you gotta come out a little bit. Morris Chestnut, uh, Tyrese. So what's the dude name? Um. The brolic dude that be doing the nip, the the, the titty bouncing. Um, Terry Crews. Oh, Terry Crews, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come out like that, instant chemistry. Though, like, huh? That's what it's. That's what it looked like. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, don't judge me. All right, I bring it back to music a little bit. Uh, I'd like to ask this question to anybody. Or, um, a couple questions. If you could do a song with anybody that's not alive, who would you? No, 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 no. Ella Fitzgerald. Wow. Oh, she took it back. Yeah, she went there with it. I can see that. Just in the conversation with you, I'm like, that'd be an interesting yeah. song. Mm-hmm. And plus, she got the experience to do like jazz and yeah. like, opera, so it, it kind of fits. Yeah, that'd be fire. Okay, someone who is alive. Hmm. It's funny, that question is starting to get harder and harder because there's a lot more people now, like greats, that are like yeah. you know, gone before, before their time. But go ahead. Jill Scott. Oh. Okay. Peaky Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Live my life like a hit. I, I, 
Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> if you could, um, if you could, if you were stuck on an island and could only bring three albums, what three albums would they be? Ooh, miseducation. Oh, that's good. One. Uh, thriller. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, an album of uh, Chopin's Nocturnes. Oh, that was that was a mm-hmm. shift right there. But I'm not mad. Okay, <laughs> I'm actually surprised. Uh, I'm surprised and kind of happy you didn't like pick a major large album because I'm like you don't want yeah, that kind of sadness sad when you by yourself. By yourself. Oh no, mm-hmm. I think it's funny. The female equivalent. Uh, the one of his guys I always expect one of them to say a Drake album and I'm like I don't know if you want that kind of sadness either <laughs> and I think we find a female equivalent would yeah, be a Mary J. Blige, Blige album <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sadness you don't need to have by yourself on an island you start doing strange things with uh, Wilson coconuts yeah you don't want to <laughs> which probably happens anyway but I feel like you got that album it's gonna make you want to sing about it and you don't need mm-hmm. that kind of experience <laughs> it's like you know how like R. Kelly songs now are like ruined because you know what he was doing you yeah. don't I want to hear yeah, a song and then find out that was about coconuts? Like, I don't know. <laughs> or volleyballs? It seems like you're ready. Wait a minute. I don't... Sorry, this went, <laughs> this went somewhere strange. Um, let's uh, come back. Um, uh, definitely uh, let everybody know uh, what's your social media where they can find you and uh, hear your music. Um, Instagram at Cindy Rain, C-I-N-D-Y-R-A-I-N-N-E. Facebook, Cindy Rain. Mm-hmm. Same spelling. Twitter, Cindy Rain. Um, uh, YouTube slash Cindy Rain music. <laughs> Everything is Cindy Rain. Um, my yeah. website is CindyRain.com. <laughs> Definitely gotta check that like out. The consistency, though. Yes, yes, it's good. That's actually smart. A lot of people have yeah, a whole bunch of different, different stuff. And it's like, how do you expect people to find you? Oh, also, before we get out of here, you guys, uh, you had a performance recently. Oh, yeah. Yes, I had a show at Sylvanna on Friday. Okay, how did that go? It went really well. It was lots of fun. I heard Nightmare You was there. Yeah, I was there. She she had great crowd control too. Like when you was doing like the the throwback songs and Uh everything, had people say, Yo, that was dope. That's dope. That's good. Good. And Irresistible Me is a video out for that. Yes, there's a video out for Irresistible Me. It's on YouTube and it's on the Facebook page. And I've got another show coming up on May 21st at 7.30 p.m. at the Groove Club in Greenwich Village. Um, and the EP, The Mask, is available on all streaming and um, all the other music platforms. Okay. That's dope. Uh, thanks for coming. Definitely want to shout out Laura. Yes. Yes, the publicist who reached out to me. Uh, she's a she's on point. Like she was her communication and her she's really on point with her job. So I definitely want to shout her out for reaching out and thanks for having, thanks for coming through. Thanks for having me. No doubt. All right. It's the black room, baby. We out of here. <laughs>